Welcome to the Gotta Pop podcast. My name is Buddy Gott, and I'm the founder and chief editor of Plethora of Pop, which can be found on medium.com or on plethoraofpop.com. On this show, I'll be talking each episode about new and classic things I've been enjoying from the worlds of music, movies, television, books, and some other things too. Sometimes I'll have guests on the show and sometimes I'll be doing them by myself. I thank you very much for joining me today and I hope you enjoy the show. Hi everybody, welcome to today's edition of Gotta Pop. This is a sequel to a show I did, uh, I guess about a month or so ago, right Dave? In which. Yeah, I think it was something like that. Uh, something it doesn't like matter because I don't know when you are listening to this or, you know, when you might have heard the other one. But uh, in the other show, my guest Dave Legates and I talked about the music of Daryl Hall and John Oates. And let me officially welcome Dave to the show. Dave, welcome again to Gotta Pop. Always a pleasure. Thanks, buddy, for having me as usual. Oh, I appreciate you being here. I had so much fun talking with you in that previous show in which we covered Daryl Hall and John Oates have been around now for well over 50 years. And uh, in that show, we covered the music that they recorded and released in the 1970s. So that that was a full, like over an hour show there. And we knew we needed to do a sequel touching upon their, uh, you know, I guess in a lot of ways you could, I don't want to even say arguably, like commercially, the 1980s was their most successful decade in terms of sales and the amount of hits that they had. And we're going to kind of dive right into that um, with the albums they released then. And the first one that they released in the 1980s was in the year 1980. And that was actually the first album that I owned by Daryl Hall and John Oates. Wow. That was Vo- Voices. Uh-huh. And uh, is Voices a favorite of yours, Dave? Absolutely. How could Voices not be a favorite of any Hall & Oates fan, really? I know. I I love it so much. I remember... Go ahead. No, I mean, it's a... It's, it's, you know, if you think about what is going on here, first of all, is that the the first eight years of Daryl Hall and John Oates' career is rather mediocre. I mean, the the glass is half empty, okay? Definitely half empty. (laughs) And and they're about to lose their second record company. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're about to get cut again. And, you know, they got to come up with some hits, but Voices doesn't fail them. I mean, you know, that's that's a big part of it. And so the, the, the key thing here is that, is that, What's amazing about it all is that, first of all, they took over production themselves. And it was a very key you know, factor. It was very key. It was like one of those, you know, goes back to she's gone. If it's up to, you know, it's up to me, what will be? And it, it was up yeah. to them because they had to take this by the hands themselves because they were, you know, they, nobody understood them. And they said, well, no. if we can't do it, nobody can. And, exactly. And the thing is, too, is that, you know, if you consider you know, what a gamble this record was in other ways. They're releasing this album. If you've looked at the dates, the middle of, it's the middle of uh, 1980. It's, it's mm-hmm. the summer of 1980 that they release this. And, you know, quite honestly, there is a smorgasbord of 1980 music. Okay. Oh yeah. That is got 1980 was a rich year for music. And it really I mean, was. Yeah. And I mean, you've got albums out by the stones, Bob Seger, you got uh pop record, you know, Bob Skaggs has got an album out the uh, country crossovers, Kenny Rogers, Dolly, you got, 
Eddie Rabbit. You got you got people like that who got out. Yeah, Jackson new, Brown and such. Jackson Brown, a newcomer named Christopher Cross is tearing, yes. tearing, the, tearing up the charts. And so and then they go ahead and release this album in the middle of 1980, right in the middle of this mess and really hoping for a good result. And well, they got it, it, things things started slow, but they went. Yeah. And it, they did start slow. What's your favorite? You know, what, well, I think we should really, really kind of start off. And I don't know if it's a favorite of yours, but, you know, the first song is How Does It Feel to Be Back? Yes, and that is uh, the first song that I was uh, that I knew from the album because that was, uh, unless I'm wrong, that was the first single released from mm-hmm. the album. Mm-hmm. And I remember now. Now that was a big year for me because that was the year that I started high school. And I remember ah. the I remember the song coming out like you said in the middle of the summer, and it was yep. still on radio, even though it wasn't one of the biggest hits from the album. It was still getting airplay at least in my area, like when yes. I was starting school in September. Yeah. A- and I was loving it, and I I guess talked my parents into letting me buy this album um i think i think actually i didn't get it just yet until like maybe there was one more hit off of it then i was able okay. to do it because i was a kid i didn't have a job yeah, then you know i kind of had yeah. to beg for that kind of stuff yeah but i yeah. instantly loved how does it feel to be back and i thought it was the coolest thing and i and you know it's a john oates sung song and mm-hmm. I, at that point, I like I said, I had not owned any of their albums, and I just knew the hits that got played on the radio, and I believe all of those at that point were sung mostly, well, mostly by Daryl, but of course, John had sung on some, too, doing, mm. you know, the har- harmonies or co-lead vocals with Daryl, but I instantly fell in love with How Does It Feel to Be Back. Mm-hmm. When I got the album, uh, I just loved it. I still love it. Um, I don't know if uh, it's hard for me to ever say someone has a best album because, you know, you fall in love with different albums, different songs, and and you associate them with different time periods in your life. Periods of your life, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, though, because this was the first album that I owned by them, the first music that I fell in love with by them, it it will always probably be my personal favorite Hall & Oates album. I kind of suspect it's it's one of their favorites for sure too. And I mean, and how does it feel to be back? This is the start of my senior year, um, and I can I can recall. And <laughs> it, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a gamble, but it goes number thirty. But number thirty in that landscape is like a twenty or fifteen and other times. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, this is the quintessential John song. I think I think it's the mm-hmm. I think it's the defining John song if you you know I mean I don't think it's his best song but I think no, it's I his either. yeah but I think it's his his real defining song that it's the most associated with him and you know the the thing about it is is that it's a it, it, he really needs to get a bass hit with this song because I have a feeling that if 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 this song bombs completely we don't hear the rest of this album Okay, yeah. because if you I consider, think you're right. Because if you because if you consider what production costs were like in those days to put a single out, you had to print records and ship and da da da. And mm-hmm. so, in order to do that, you know, you you had to be making like like a look to that you were gonna you were gonna score some some money for the record company. Exactly. And, and to to go thirty, I think everybody was optimistic after that that you know that this okay this this is a this is not a bad this you know we're, we're off to a good start somehow mm-hmm. and and john and you know what i mean it's it's definitely a quality song it's a simple song but you know 
it, it, I, I really, I really like it. I always will. I think it's one of those, you know, one of those songs that's truly defining of him and, and gets this album off on a good foundation. Yeah. I think it was a perfect song to start the album with. Yeah. I, I've yeah. always loved that one. And, uh, yeah, it'll always be one of my favorites. And boy, I could, I, I actually, I'm looking at the song list here. I love every song on this album. Yeah. There is, uh, to me, you know, we're going to talk about all the albums they released in the decade. Yeah, yeah. But it, to me, this was the start of, you know, what was like at least four perfect albums in a row. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I with with unskippable songs, at least for me. And uh, let's okay. just well, let's just go through the songs then. Yeah, uh, sure. Um, even the, there were some hits. Uh, we'll get to them in a minute. But "Big Kids" is a great song that Big followed Kids up. How, yeah. yeah, I love "Big Kids." Uh, United State, I love that one too. The uh, too. the vocals and the music on that are awesome. And uh, and then became what what is uh, oh, and actually this wasn't released as a single, but "Hard to Be in Love with You" is a good one too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, then you then you had what was one of their biggest hits is uh, "Kiss on My List," which Daryl yeah. wrote with co-wrote with uh, Jana Allen, who co-wrote yep. a lot of their songs yep. with them. Is that uh, how do you feel about "Kiss on My List," Dave? Is that a favorite? "Kiss on Kiss on My List" is probably one of my three favorite songs ever. Um, I, I would say, first of all, it's a, an amazing story. I mean, behind the song, I mean, an amazing story, a, a, a true rock and roll fairy tale, really, a, mu a pop music fairy tale. Um, Jana Allen writes writes a song, and to, to give you an idea, Jana Allen is Sarah Allen's little sister, okay, and she is, you know, Sarah's Daryl's boyfriend to set the stage for everybody who may not right. remember, okay, <laughs> and and Jana is is um, hanging around with everybody, and she wants to start a musical career of her own, and they're encouraging her to write songs and what have you. They don't know if she's going to be a performer or anything, but she has a good ear for radio. And she writes Kiss on My List and shows it to Daryl. And Daryl says, well, I'll help you make a demo. Okay. And she goes, okay. So they make the demo of Kiss on My List. He helps her with the whatever little production they need to have done to make a demo. And he leaves the tape in the studio and because um, they were going to make copies of it. And um, so then the next day or whatever day, a couple of days after, Everybody reconvenes in the studio except for Daryl, who doesn't get up before noon, by the way. And <laughs> and he so they're all in there and somebody puts in the tape of Kiss on My List. And so Daryl wanders in the early part of the afternoon and says, why aren't we doing this? <laughs> right. And he says, oh, it's Jana's demo. You know, it's we're just going to make copies for it, whatever. Right. John says. I already got a background vocal ready to go for this, right? Oh, He's that's like, awesome! Right? I never, so, I never knew this story. So this is yeah, fun for me. Yeah. So, so he, they're like, he's like, what? No, no. And he goes, she's gonna pass that around the record companies, and and whoever I think it was Neil Karen or one of them was in the studio said, "Nah, man, this is all an old song." He goes, "You're doing this, right?" He goes, no, "We so, got it." So and cool. the amazing thing is, is that the demo is the song mostly. You, what you hear is mostly the demo. Okay. Wow. Yeah, they just I put did, in. Wow. Yeah, they just put in other stuff with it. But Jan Allen was working as a as a um uh, uh receptionist, and within 
you know, let me put it to you this way. A year from that date, she was not a receptionist anymore. Uh, and I'll, <laughs> she I'll, did I'll pretty well off of that. She did, I think. she did. She did pretty well. She, 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 um, you know, obviously it's a bittersweet story with Jan Allen, but, but, yeah. you know, it's, it's, uh, it turned into one of the 10 most played songs of all time. And ironically, they, the song uh, was played, they was released after, probably the most played song of all time and that and that is you lost that love and feeling yeah which yeah. is uh voice was such the yeah track. such a, yeah. such a great song yeah it is and it was smart okay they did a they did there was a smart release because you know by releasing that second they were able to put it out to radio and say this is what we want to be this is kind mm -hmm. of what we're like Okay. And I think people then said, yeah, you know what? I get it in a way. Okay. You know, and it introduced, you know, obviously the righteous brothers to a whole set of people who had never heard of them, but exactly, you know, but the fact is, is that it also introduced the sound of what Hall and Oates, I think they kind of wanted to be more like, mm -hmm. and that, you know, I, I, I think that that was, a, a, it was a brilliant second song to come out bef in, even before it gets on my list. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, for me, I think that I was not real familiar with the original by the Righteous Brothers at that point. I, uh -huh. I probably heard it on- Well, we were old... kids, you know? We yeah. were kids, we, yeah. We were kids. And, and even then there wasn't so much, we're talking 1980. Um, yeah. I don't think there was much even in terms of like oldie stations at that no. point. You know, if, no. you, if you heard a song like that, it was probably in a TV show, like a half, well, even Happy Days wouldn't have covered that period. Right, right. And what but, was an was oldie a, then? I mean, you yeah. know, it was, you know, 1980, what was really an oldie? Rock and roll was only 12 years old. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, right? or, or 22 years old. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so what was really old then, you know? You exactly. Really sure, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, I fell in love with, with the version on Voices. And, uh, it's, and then when I started hearing the other one, I'm like, you know, I don't think I like the Righteous Brothers version as much. Now, over yeah. time, I grew to love yeah. that too. Of course, but, of uh, course, yeah. but yeah, I mean, their, their cover of that is great. And it was really, uh, we talked about this in the other show. Generally, they haven't done a lot of covers on their albums. I mean, some acts do it every album. You know, they did it very sparingly. And that was a yes. really good choice there. That was a good choice for sure. Really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, got a lot of nerve. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. 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 I always perfect. like that one a lot. That's a yeah. fun one to sing along to. Absolutely. Um, you know, the, the thing is about the album cuts in here and we're and we're going to get to the ultimate album cut. But but mm -hmm. the album cuts here, while they don't age dramatically well, when you listen to the, the album cuts of voices, you you're still amused by him. You still, oh, yeah. you, you know, they're still, they're still amusing to you. You know, they, they I completely agree. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you could play them for a non-fan and they would even care about them, but you know, but for, for us people who know the album from back then, these are cool, you know, and they yeah. always will be, you know, very, they very cool. Will be. Yeah. And, um, uh, well, we mentioned that, uh, well, you make my dreams was right. uh after you on the album after you've lost that love and feeling we're going to side two if you had the old vinyl or yeah if you had a vinyl it would be side two <laughs> at this point right yeah and and, and i yeah. instantly loved that's that was probably the one that you know uh, where i was where i bought the album after that was a hit because there i already oh, okay. knew a few songs and uh just love that song i still love that song and as we said, that's, uh, boy, there's another one. Well, actually, no, I'm sorry. I was about to say I was going to give credit to Jana Allen there, but that was co-written by Sarah Allen. <laughs> yes, correct. Yeah. And, and that's another one of their big hits. Yeah, and, a while, and it's become a big movie staple through the years is, um, 
you know, uh, you make my dreams. It's wound up in, a, I guess, quite a few, quite a think, few uh, yeah, pictures. Yeah, which, you know, so it's doing well in the movies for sure. And it's gotten a lot of airplay as a result of that. It has. And I think I've even heard it in some uh, TV commercials and things like that at some point. So yeah, for sure. They've done, they've done okay with that one. Yeah. And uh, then we get into, I think this might've been the one you were alluding to saying that it was a, you know, great album track or, um, that was uh, not a hit for Hall & Oates when this album came out, but it later became a hit by someone else. And you want to take it from here? Well, I mean, every time you go away, Daryl will always tell you is the, is the one that got away. Um, <laughs> That's they, true. They, yeah. They, he, he always says, we blew it when we didn't release that song. <laughs> and, you know, yet, you know, if you, every live show contains every time you go away somewhere in right? the show and the thing is is that you know the fans look forward to it. it's one of those songs that like like it, it never made never made any charts or anything like mm -hmm. that but it's a song that everybody knows and and you know thanks to paul young now even more people know it but but the fact is is that you know this is the it's the one song daryl does an amazing job on it his vocal it's one of his greatest vocals ever he belts yes, it out in concert. It's 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 just absolutely, you know, you know, it's it's really it's really the staple you can't go home without hearing. It's one of those ones that, you know, you you, you hope to hear it and it's worth it every single time, you know. And and you know, it's such a great song. I've only seen them twice in concert. And yeah, I remember I remember them doing that both times yeah. and it was amazing. Yeah. And uh the version that Hollow Notes I, I forget what year Paul's came out. I guess it was maybe eighty eighty five. 85 yeah that's 85. what i thought yeah is this a little different musically um daryl different arrangement completely different yeah. arrangement yeah yeah and i and i love i thought when, when i fell in love with the song originally off of voices i just thought it was so cool because it was not like uh maybe as quote unquote pop sounding as some of those other songs on the album you right. had this really cool it had this cool laid-back vibe to it where yeah. uh you know daryl did sing it with a lot of soul and uh the guitar work on that's great yeah, I, you I finally the got his, describe it, but well, he got his Motown out of that. I mean, that yeah. was really where he, yeah, I think you, you nailed know, it there. You really feel like you really feel like all the years of all the years of of him, you know, uh, you know, preaching preaching the temptations came through. And every time you go away, I mean, it's where it was like, all right, well, hey, this is what the guy's roots, and this is what he's been talking about, and. Here it is. I mean, that's 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 a song that could have been on any Motown album at any given point in time back in the day. I mean, it was yeah. really, you know, just it's a classic soul song. It really is. It really is. It really yeah. is. I wonder how it would have been for them if they had released it as a single day. I, I don't know. It was a little bit longer. It was a little over five minutes long. So... 47 years later, we're only left to speculate. I mean, exactly, just, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, the next song, for a long time, I would say this was my least favorite song on the album. Uh, yeah. And that is a John Oates song called Africa. And yeah. it's a little uh, it's a little unusual, as is, uh, I don't know, sometimes John's stuff is a little different sounding, and which is fine. You know, his, you want to hear his different things. Yeah, his late B-side song is always interesting, isn't it? Like, yeah. He, he, yeah, he, he, it always is, yeah. <laughs> And this was about uh, about him being jealous of his uh, fiance, uh, who was a model, 
uh, right. going to Africa for photo shoots and getting a little upset with the uh, lions and tigers, let's just say. <laughs> and um, yeah, and you it's know, a fun, it's a fun song. It's a fun, it's a fun song to say to say the least. It's a fun song. And you and I have talked about number eleven a few times. Uh, yes, we have. Daryl Daryl and John's tribute to serial killers. Uh, <laughs> Did he do WAP? Which did he do uh, WAP? Is, I hear the voices. Yeah, is 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 an outrageously good song, and it's, it is. It's really... It is, uh, <laughs> and I love the. Uh, I can't remember if we talked about this in the previous show. Probably not, but uh, just some of the lines in there. There's even uh, uh, you know references to other acts like uh, the Beatles are mentioned in there, right? Yeah. Uh, well, well, the serial, well, each serial killer's love of those those bands was really right. what it what it is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because Charlie, because Charlie Manson, liked Charlie the Manson, Beatles. yeah, like right. was a Beatles guy, and <laughs> and son of Sam liked Rich Girl, which he said was making him snap. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and he and Daryl and John are supposed to be, or they're they're supposed to be another serial killer in the record, and so they're just saying I'm caught up on the Duke of Earl, which you know <laughs> is 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 making me lose it. So you know they. Uh, <laughs> you know it's so clever uh, it really is a clever song and it's very it's very uh it's one of those songs you can definitely definitely uh, see a, an acapella group on the corner of philadelphia you know <laughs> yes. sing it along to you know yeah, what I mean? exactly and i love the background vocals in it too like for example yes. you just you just brought up you know charlie like the beatles sam he like rich girl then you hear bitch girl well, yeah <laughs> right they did, they did all the little effects which yeah was, and then they which do, was do, great. Do girl. yeah they were they pulled that off beautifully they really and, did and at the end and you know certainly at the end of this album they it, it was apparently a very emotional uh uh ending because they knew they did it they knew this was going to be mm -hmm. a good album they knew that everything about it was was what they wanted it to be and you know and once it was all said and done and the songs began to become hits and everything it was like you know now we're, we're on our way you know i mean we got yeah. an idea now of what we want to do and um you know and we we've uh we we hit this one out of the park for sure they really um, did yeah. And it's probably the uh, first, now I, I don't have anything to back this up, any proof, but I would guess that this is the first album, the, the most amount of hits that they had off of one particular album, you know, at a time, um, maybe in terms of top 40 hits. Uh, I mean, I mean, pro, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, at this point, I would say yeah, prior to, to the, 1980, to I don't point. think they yeah, had, to this I, point, I really right. explained that horribly, but you know what I meant. Yeah. yeah I know 19, what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Prior, 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 yeah, prior to, to this, this album, yeah. they had never had like multiple hits, like no, the, the way because, they did off of this one. Yeah. Because if you, 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 you did, you were at the point now where you couldn't go a typical day on pop radio without hearing Hall and Oates at this point. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you know, you, you, you would then now for the next five or six years, not go a day without hearing them. It's I true. Mean, yeah. And, and, and like you said earlier, I mean, and what a transition that was, because, you know, just shortly before that, they were struggling some. Mm -hmm. Their previous studio album was Ecstatic. And yeah. they had a couple of, you know, mild hits off of that. But, you know, that's me being kind of generous to them. I mean, yeah. not not stuff that, you know, people even now would say, oh, yeah, such and such was on Ecstatic, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. You would, you know, I mean, you know, a lot yeah. of people would. And it's like there was just, you know, mediocre mediocrity ruled the situation at this point. I mean, they really didn't have you know here was a here was a group that you know two guys that uh, two record companies really had a lot of hope for okay and they yeah. weren't they weren't doing it and i mean yeah. but but you know maybe it had more to do with 
some internal reasons, you know, and yeah, and, exactly. You know, they figured it out. You know, yeah, and timing sometimes out. is such a big thing too. Like you said, nineteen eighty was an interesting year, and then it the was. early eighties. It was, and I mean, MTV's not out yet, and I mean, yeah. uh, but MTV's not out yet. But and they, like I said, they're releasing this into a, you know, into a a, a whirlwind of of fantastic music, and yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, I, it's it's hard to say how it how it went as well as it did but you know maybe it was just the time to come you know yeah and uh well let's move into the year that 1980 i'm sorry that the, the year that 1980 the year that mtv did come around and that was 1981 yeah. and it was also yeah. what i think is one of their best albums private eyes came out in 1981 and there yeah. were some songs on here that made they made music videos for that ended up on mtv including the opening track uh the title track private eyes which yeah. i instantly loved i yeah. instantly loved that song yeah private eyes here's, here's the thing by the time private by the time private eyes is is the, the album is made the band is ba basically in place mm -hmm. and yeah let's face it i mean and you and i talked about this in the last episode and and you know i think we you know we would continue to believe such the next few years would be nothing without that band i mean yeah. the, they, they they the band is now really you know the part of the part of the fabric of of these songs at this point and you know uh there were some you know there was some changes even even as the 80s were were approaching around you talked that the last episode about ge joined the band ge smith okay was mm -hmm. now the lead guitarist and that was the kind of lead guitarist exactly they needed okay oh, absolutely. a guy a guy who could who could dominate or help them dominate a show you know and, and come out and be as boisterous and 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 you know and as imaginative as he was and it's amazing ge um the what's what's i don't know if you know but the uh underling of the hall and notes band is a is a, a local band to hear called the scratch band oh. uh they uh g smith george, george smith haddad okay comes from pennsylvania and he moves to yalesville uh connecticut which is a section of wallingford which is right over there and oh, wow. uh about a mile up the road and oh, cool. um yeah, and GE joins the Scratch Band, and he meets uh, the son of uh, one of our math teachers, uh, uh, Mickey Curry. Um, oh, how about who, that? Yeah, he, and uh, something I, I was out of high school by the time I realized the connection, but but my little brother didn't, and he played that into the ground. Um, but anyway, <laughs> he drove Mr. Curry crazy, and uh, <laughs> so yeah. Oh, North, that's great! That's hilarious. Mr. Mr. Curry was a was a was a uh, was a, was a teacher in North Haven, and he uh, his son Nikki and, and GE were in the in the scratch band, and but GE then goes and gets a whirlwind tour of New York, okay, where he not only joins the Hall and Oates band, but he winds up the lead guitarist of a Broadway show, where he meets and falls in love with the. Uh, the the star of the show gilda radner right okay right. and uh and they get married and uh part of his whirlwind tours he winds up he winds up down the hall from he winds up down the hall from uh on a pretty horrible night as they are living in the uh dakota where uh where john lennon is killed oh my uh, yeah they're they're hunkered down in there because they they feared that the person who killed john was hunting celebrities and oh wow i i had yeah. no idea that he and gilda yeah. were there at they, that point. they were living there they were living down wow. the hall there yeah 
So he gets quite a he gets quite a quite an introduction to the thing. So anyway, as you know, okay, Charlie's Charlie Dechant, the sax player and, and keyboardist, is or is already with the band and what have you. And so they're they're all set. And um John Siegler uh leaves as bass player and they're in search of uh they're in search of a new bass player and T-Bone is somebody that GE and Nikki knew. Um from playing in a local rival band of some kind so this is where they 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 know him from and they this they 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 set him up with an audition but i don't know if you know this okay it's one of these really funny all in oats stories g uh t-bone doesn't get the job okay oh okay t-bone and if you consider how important he becomes to the band, he becomes okay? very very very, very, important. very important he doesn't get the job Okay. Oh, they, wow. uh, yeah, they, they, he knew all the material. He was ready to jump right in. What have you? He's playing along with G and Mickey and what have you. And there, and, and, and Daryl doesn't like him. Okay. <laughs> he, wow. He's calling, he's referring to him as the bald guy. Okay. And he doesn't, he doesn't hire him. They hire this other guy and what have you. And they bring, they bring this guy in the next day for his first, for his first rehearsal. And he makes an incredibly poor career choice um he's oh, there and they're you know they're playing and i don't know if he thinks that this is a band that's you know that he he's allowed input on or something because if oh, you can okay. listen okay because if you if you listen to jerry Murata, okay the the, the old drummer mm -hmm. okay the band was five seconds away from being called Hall Oats and Marana, but that's, you know. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I don't according know. According to Jerry. If, according to Jerry. Now, I don't know if like people are being promised input or something like that, okay, when on the way in. Certainly, you don't know what Matola, Tommy Matola is telling people, okay? Right. So anyway, they, they go through the rehearsal. It goes okay, okay? And then he uh, they're talking about the arrangements for some of the songs, and, they, and they're sitting down, they're discussing the arrangement for kiss on my list and um which we, you can almost do a whole episode on and uh they they actually they actually change the arrangement to where the outro actually becomes the song but anyway um interesting yeah so anyway he's he's listening to this conversation he says yeah he goes he goes i don't know which one of you he goes did did kiss on my uh sang kiss on my list he goes he goes, but it was horrible. He goes, oh he my goes, God. <laughs> he goes, he goes, I'm all right. He goes, I've been doing it with my, he goes, I've been doing it with my bar band. He goes, I sing it way better than whoever one of you sings that. Okay. <laughs> wow. Now, okay. You've now insulted. Okay. First of all, you know, Daryl, if you know Daryl Hall, the, the world of Hall and Oates is not a democracy. Okay. <laughs> this is true. Uh, right. And second, okay, you've insulted like the, like, you know, probably one of the 10 best soul singers of all time. Wow. Okay. So anyway, Dar I guess you could have heard a pin drop. Okay. As, <laughs> as this goes down. Okay. You've now taken his signature song away from him for the moment. Okay. Wow. And, and I guess Daryl looked up at Tommy and said, get the ball guy. <laughs> and, so, 
that's hilarious. And so then the next thing you know, I guess I don't know if it went very mafia or the hand on the shoulder <laughs> thing. Like, <laughs> the wow. Yeah. So this guy made a rather rather poor career choice, and 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 I don't know who he is, but I wonder how much I don't know he who he after is, that. but yeah, but T Bone was with the band the next day. Wow. So, yeah. Well, let me ask you about this because I, I think I've sure. seen some conflicting things on this. Now, did T Bone play on the bulk of Private Eyes? Because I saw that. Uh, John Siegler was still listed was as still with the it. band. He played on the tour. Oh, okay. Okay. He played yeah, because on I the heard tour. that in the music video for Private Eyes, you saw T Bone, but because right. Siegler, I guess, was already gone at that point. Song was already made. Yeah. And T Bone that was T Bone's third day on the job. And get out of town. Private, really? When they shot the Private Eyes video. And oh, wow. And, and they said, Well, what does he do? And he was just standing there, look interesting. And, that was, <laughs> and that he did it. Weird. And he did it. It worked <laughs> out good. Yeah. And Private Eyes is, yeah, is, a, is an awesome first first song, title track song. And um, uh, Jana Allen and um, I'm trying to think of the guy's name, uh, uh, Warren Posh. Warren Posh uh, knew each other somehow and they worked up the bulk of Private Eyes, brought it to Daryl and Sarah, who finished it off lyrically and what have you and and changed a few parts and it's like daryl called it a family song he said they they all worked on it together and it was the first time they had all that the three of them had worked on a song together and and finished it up so and they did a, they did and a, they did a, a great job, job. yeah <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it's such a great, and that's another one too, where they they picked a perfect song to open the album with, not just because it was the title track, but it's just a, this is great fun song, yeah, and it kind of sets sets the tone for what's about to follow. And there's uh, and, and speaking of good things, the next song is called "Looking for a Good, good sign. sign." It was written and sung by Daryl. I, I like yep. that one quite a bit. Yeah. And then came, uh, well, a song that I learned today was one of the most sampled songs ever, and that is uh, I, can, I Can't Go For That No Can Do, which it was made them their most money, yeah. and Daryl and John. Yeah. Yeah, it's and such a great song. It is. And um, yeah, I mean, I, and what I love is that, you know, Daryl has changed the arrangement on this many times through the years, but honestly, you know, the, the vocal harmony of it is is is. is one of his five best i mean you know he yeah, he, he really you know he really had it together with this now it's like this is this is where he kind of really hits his peak as a writer and a singer i think this is where you know the zenith has been reached on 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 that you know and yeah and it becomes number one like you know again yeah. they now well they actually i think they prioritize one number one too uh i'm not sure Okay, I'm not sure. It may have. It may, it may have. have. But but I can't go for I can't go for that. Goes goes number one, and yeah. you know on on soul and soul and pop, um, and yeah, it was it was definitely. Uh, and you know what, John's John's contribution on it guitar wise is overlooked. I mean, it's one of those it, the rhythm guitar section on it. He actually Daryl actually highlights parts of it in there, and it's really it's really quite good. It really is. And, uh, you know, that is something I think that John is also is uh, maybe sometimes not given the credit he deserves for is, you know, his work as a musician. You know, he's a great rhythm guitarist. And uh, yeah. a lot of, some people unfairly just say, oh, well, you know, when Daryl sang lead, he was just a background singer. And he wasn't. <laughs> he was he was. Much, no. Much more than that. And you know what I mean? It still is as, much more. Than as, that. Right. And as time goes on, certainly through the next two albums, 
it's kind of disappointing, um, but we'll, we'll we'll hit the stories on that as we go through them. But yeah, John's, you know, you and I, we kind of talked about this, uh, I think, in the Hall and Oates group a few times where we made, you know, it was kind of a joke. It was kind of a joke, but it wasn't really that funny. It was the fact that, you know, it's sometimes you kind of wonder if 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 Daryl, the Allen sisters and Tommy were, you know, and, and John were running a supermarket. OK, and they and the the four of them are upstairs in the in the manager's office and John's downstairs stocking shelves and, and running the cash register. Right. You know? yeah. And, you know, I just I, you know, but as as time goes on, as time goes on, you know, I you know, I, I think that I think there was some injustices to John and but we'll we'll hit on those as as we go through it. Sure. So, yeah. And uh, well, actually, that leads us into uh, a John song, which is one of my favorites on the album, and that's uh, "Mano a Mano." Amazing John song. It is an amazing, amazing John, John song. song. Yeah, amazing I, uh, John. yeah, I remember hearing this. Uh, well, I, I didn't. This is one that I didn't have the album again instantly as soon as it came out. Yeah. But I remember there was a there was a concert by Daryl Hall and John Oates that got played like on, on some, I don't know if it was back in the old West, was there something called Westwood One that you could hear concerts yes. on radio stations? Yes. And there yep. was one from this tour. And I remember hearing that live and I'm thinking, oh man, that is just amazing. I Yeah, I did actually hear it. I did actually hear it live because uh, I because I was on, the, I went to uh, on the Private Eyes tour. Oh, and, nice. Yeah, and that, it was, it was really one of the best songs of the show. And I mean, it's like, you, you know, and the people were chanting right along with it. I mean, it's, yeah. Oh, it's, it's very it's catchy. A, it's a yeah. catchy song. People are yeah. people are chanting right along with it, and yeah, it's a and a nice a, message a really with positive. no more fighting and right. You know, good. Yeah, good positive song for sure. And I mean, certainly something that people could uh, could latch onto today if if um, if if they ever dug back a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, next came what was another single. It might have been the last single release from the album. I'm not sure about that, but it's uh, one of my favorites. Is did it in a minute? There was a cool my, video for this one it, on MTV too. I remember it was. Liking. Yeah, there it was. Yeah, there was a live video. And yeah, uh, yeah. And and honestly, it, it's my favorite. It's my favorite song on the album. I mean, I, I it's a great I, track. Yeah, it really is. It's a Jan, it's another Janet Allen song. Um, and it's it's definitely always been always been my favorite of 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 private eyes for sure nice nice yeah yeah and it, that ended side one and that's yeah those five songs that we just mentioned an amazing lineup of songs for that side of the record and then you move on to side two and it starts with another great track called head above water which yeah. is i think that could have been another single that's another great catchy song yeah i agree i mean you know they <clears throat> the good the good side to this is that really they weren't there was no shortage of things they could pick from i mean there was yeah. there was a lot of lot you know they they could have went anywhere with these with the album cuts choosing them as as uh as singles and probably probably had some some level of success with each one of them yeah. you know exactly yeah. so that that's a great one then uh tell me what you want snacks that's another good very one. soulful you know good vocal action a lot of fun you know fun song you know it's yeah it's, it's cool Friday let me know it's a little weird but it's all right I mean I you like think it's it, a little weird know? is that what you it's said it's a little weird yeah it's a little <laughs> weird but it's okay you know it's a catchy unguarded, one. yeah unguarded minute could have been a single I mean mm -hmm. I I really believe that 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 had that had hope for a single for sure yeah exactly I was just uh jamming to that one today and the vocals in yeah. that are so good yeah I love it yep. And then um, uh, your imagination is a favorite of mine. Now was that's the last one single. Too. Yeah, that was yeah. the last single. Oh yeah, that was the eyes. last one. I got yeah. those two mixed up. Sorry. Yep. But that had a cool music video too. I remember. It did. Uh, 
because for back at that time, I don't know if this was released maybe in early 82 or 81 in terms of the music video, but they were using some special effects in there with like, you know, their faces yes. coming together. And then there was, yeah. a, was it a tiger or a cougar or something in there? Walking where... through the, up, walking in the uprights of the, yeah, uh, in, the yeah. in the rafters of, of right. the, you know. I haven't uh, seen it in years, but I, I remember just, it, uh, it blew me away when I would watch it on MTV. I'm like, wow, this, these guys are so cool. Yeah. I mean that, and, and it's, it's, well, every, you know, every time you go away, this was your imagination, every album seemed to have the, 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 the Daryl and Sarah, you know, um, song and you right. kind of want, you know, that's sort of their one, I think on this one where he, he kind of, you know, you know, everybody is now like kind of, if you're following Hall and Oates at this point, you understand the Daryl and Sarah relationship is supposedly this very tight, but very loose relationship of some kind. Right. Okay. Where they're allowed, I guess, to do whatever the heck they want, but they're together. Okay. And, and you, you realize that like, like in each song, he's singing about her in that one. Okay. Yeah. You know, and, and every time you go away was probably the one from voices. Okay. But your imagination, I got a funny feeling, is the private eyes version. And I think you're probably on to something there. Yeah. I, I mean, and so each each album kind of contains a little a little loose message like that where, you know, it, it, you know, I mean, who what guy didn't want a Daryl and Sarah Sarah relationship? Okay. Yeah. A girl that hung around them or what have you, but you could exactly. go off and do whatever the heck you wanted at that point. And they and they were together a long time. 30, I mean, 30 years. Really long. 30 years. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And uh the last track on here is uh Some Men that closed out the album. That's a good tune too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, I, I did, yeah, I had no I'm problem sorry, with ahead, that Dave. one. No, I had no problem with that one. That was, yeah, that, me was either. that was a good song. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I did want to mention before we move on to the next album was uh, I mentioned earlier about how 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 many times uh, I can't go for that no can do had been sampled and I just wanted to ask Dave if he remembered this one song. Do you remember when uh, Simply Red used that in a song? It was called Certainly Sunrise. Do. Sunrise. Yeah. Oh, folks, if you have never heard that, look for it online. It's so it. good. Play it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, but first of all, Nick Hucknall is uh, is is as one of the really great soul singers of of yes that of that era i mean he just had a he has an amazing voice and i mean and yeah he not only cuts a good overtrack to that but having i can't go for that as the as the undertrack to it it's makes fantastic. it a re it's a it's a it's a it's a classic that doesn't get doesn't get any airplay anymore and it's kind no, of sad that it doesn't it doesn't and uh oh just just a little plug for simply red too i don't for i can't remember the name of it right now but they do put out a new album earlier this year yeah it's, it's got yes. some really good songs on it does it yeah. very good songs okay on it. yeah yeah i, I saw that there was a new album of theirs out yeah which is great and most of his band is still together i think which is, yeah i which think so good. yeah you lost one guy i think one one, one of them passed away but but um <laughs> But the rest of them, I think, are are still together, which is great. Yeah, a, a good, good, solid band. Yeah. And uh, we will move on now to the next. Yep. Eight. Now, this was amazing. This is an amazing time period because we've talked about two albums. The first one was released in 1980. The next yep. one was 1981. And now let's yep. move on to 1982. And right. granted, and they toured in between these albums too. In between, albums. yeah. And they cut Private Eyes. I don't know if you know the time period. They cut Private Eyes in about five weeks. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, didn't know that. Yeah, they cut the whole album in like five weeks. Wow. It was they blew through they blew through that album as far as the time they took to make it. 
And it's amazing. It's amazing, right? That it was yeah. it was not only not only done, but I guess you know they realized from voices that they knew what they were doing, and they yeah they exactly put it together, you know exactly. And they uh, I think they used uh, you, like you said they produced those two albums, and then on Private Eyes and on this one they had a co-producer. I don't know much about him, but Neil Kernan I guess Neil co-produced Kernan, yeah. it with them. Yeah. And H two O, of course, that's a play on you know a, you know H two O, hydrogen and uh, water. Um, yeah. But um, this ended up being commercially their most successful album with, um, well, their biggest single ever, which was the song that opened the album. And that was Maneater, which was written by Daryl, John and Sarah Allen again. And oh, what a great song. Everybody loves this song. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And this is where, and this is where, um, you know, I I don't know, you know, but John brings Maneater to the table. Okay. Mm-hmm. He, that's his song he came up yeah. with that song okay yeah i know i know and and you know what i don't know that people knew that and i think that like if it was one of those things where people knew some things john post this era a little bit might have gotten a little bit more respect i don't know might have gotten a little bit more um you know, uh, should I say <laughs> employment? I mean, they yeah. might have, you know, they might, yeah. people might have been sought them out a little bit deeper than what they did. Cause I think we're starting to be led to believe that it's really all about Daryl. Okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I, I, I don't know that they didn't want you to think that. I think they kind of wanted it that way. Yeah, that could be. Um, you know, and, but Man Eater is, is John's song and, and he brought 85% of that to the table whatever happens from there i don't know but yeah. i mean as far as as you know everything i've ever heard about man eater is that's john's song and he, yeah i've he heard made, that too and yeah. i kind of wonder if they ever tried doing it in the studio maybe with him on lead vocals i, I kind of wonder what it would have been like at that point i've you know? heard him do it on lead and he and i've heard him do it lead in his own shows and what happened oh, yeah? uh yeah you know you know uh, videos of them and stuff and and he does it quite well so i'm yeah. sure he does yeah he does it, it quite well it's such a great song. And I, I would think that that's one that uh, even like the most casual of Hall & Oates fans or, or music listeners out there would know that one. Right. I know right. like my, 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 like my wife, she said she likes pop music, but uh, like she's, I don't know, her time period that she loved the most was the 90s because that was a period, I guess, when she got into music. But she knows Maneater from like oldie stations and stuff. And whenever it comes right. on the radio, when we are in the car, she just goes crazy. She loves I- it. I think my grandkids know no man eater. I mean, I, you know, it's 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 first of all, it's it's one of the best songs of the eighties. Yeah. From anybody. Yeah. From anybody, you know? Yeah. And so yeah, it's the that bass it, line it's, in there. It, yeah. Unbeatable. Yeah. Unbeatable song, you know. Yeah. John wanted to do had... it as yeah. Well, John wanted to do it as a reggae song. Daryl Daryl nixed that, but he he said it was more of a reggae thing. But when they brought it back to put that baseline to it and made it a, made it more of a soul song and what have you, and I think it worked a whole lot better. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And then you you officially had uh, bass player Tom T Bone walk with you know fully with the band at this point on this album, yep. and uh, yep. that's him on that bass, and he just sounds amazing and. Uh, the first of many, many good songs in here. This is one of my favorites too by them, and the the, the whole album. I think it's amazing. And the next song was uh, I love this one, "Crime Pays." That's a fun one. "Crime Pays" wound up locally in New Haven as the theme song to a political show. And it was... really, are you serious? 
<laughs> and okay, I that's kind of it awesome. Took, it took it took a while for somebody to catch on to what somebody was doing. <laughs> it was uncredited in the in the in the you know credits, and yet I, I remember with my ex wife sitting there saying, "She, I said, that's freaking crying pays, right?" And she's like, <laughs> "She's like, well, what a what a great what a great song to to put to uh, to a politics show, okay? To, <laughs> you know, to one of those local political right. shows, right? You know, oh, that's so, all- that's hilarious that awesome. that's um, great yeah that's a good tune and then next you had uh one. yeah art of heartbreak uh art of heartbreak I, yeah go ahead yeah i mean is it's that, not my well, it's not one it's not my favorite on the album but it's a fun song i like it it's my favorite on the album really okay, okay. yes it's my favorite on the album and it was a great conversation starter because several days okay now you know that the okay the release date of of this of the album is October 4th, 1982. Mm-hmm. We all have heard Maneater over and over and over again oh, by yeah. now. But within a few days of this release date, Art of Heartbreak gets played as an album cut on WPLR in New Haven. Now, if you to, to kind of preface WPLR, it's the local rock authority. Okay. okay. Where, you know, it's the classic rock universe for people who are um you know in their late 50s and living in their mother's basement okay (laughs) and and you know that's kind of kind of how it is and but anyway they play pretty much the same 55 songs every day Mm -hmm. uh and have since 1980 um they you know it's not a place where new ideas take hold very well and so if you (laughs) have some stations like that around here too (laughs) yeah i can imagine everybody does so if if you if if something new is on plr okay they take notice so anyway art of heartbreak is starting to get played like I guess every day. And I mean, I'm in this, my, one of the subway shops I'm working in with my buddy, Marty, and I'm sitting off to the side and I hear Art of Heartbreak on there. And I'm like, Marty, Marty, you know, that's all in oats, right? On PLR. And he's like, no, really? Right. And I took out my cassette. I've been playing it to death. Okay. And we, and, nice. and we put it on. And so he's like, oh, wow, that's cool. And then he said, and he, but now the rest of the guys we work with who are all these, you know, Aussie heads and and, and whatnot <laughs> that we work with, all know I like Hall and Oates, okay? Mm-hmm. And I have been getting nothing but hammered by them, okay? You know, I know what you're talking okay? about. Yeah, exactly, okay? I'm getting buried by them about it, and they're, and they're sick of me talking about them. But anyway, so the, he goes. he goes to me, don't tell the other clowns. He goes that 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 this song's hauling out. So he goes, don't say nothing. He goes because <laughs> they're gonna start right. So <laughs> next thing you know, okay, they're it's coming on all the time. And then I'm with the the couple of the other guys. And they're like, one of them's going, like, what a freaking great song this is. He goes, they've been playing wow. it every day. He goes, he goes, who is it? Right, you know, who is it? And they don't know who it is, and they're not <laughs> saying at the end of it. Who oh it wow, is, this, okay? is, this is this a cool story. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, they're not talking about it, right? So uh, so finally, Marty gives me the nod, and he says, says "You know, it's Hall and Oates." Dave, <laughs> shut up, right? And I'm like, <laughs> like, I go, "It's Hall and Oates." And I go, "This is not Hall and Oates, right?" I go, it's Hall and Oates. So actually, here comes the cassette. I wow. pop it in, right? We're playing. <laughs> They're like throwing that freely. They're on this now too, right? You know, Jesus, right? <laughs> They're going crazy. So anyway, then they start asking, who's the band? Right? Uh-huh. And I says, 
who's the band? They're the band. Yeah. No, we go. They they sing, right? He goes, they're singers, right? And he goes, they. I go, no, man, they're they're accomplished musicians. They're 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 in the band. I go, have them and the rest of their band. They're in the band. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and I think a lot of and, people, maybe some people didn't get that, you know. Right. So next thing you know, one of them is incensed. Okay, by this whole thing, he's incensed. He gets on the phone. He calls up PLR. He's like, "You get those freak off the station, right?" <laughs> he goes, "He goes, I can't." He goes, "He goes, they got P. He goes, they got KC one hundred and one tied up. They got this station tied. They got, <laughs> you know, give me one freaking station. I don't hear them on, right?" And he started losing, losing <laughs> his oh, mind. Oh, that's up. great! And it was all started with Art of Heartbreak. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Now yeah. I'm just curious. Was that a B side of a single? I'm wondering if maybe it was a deal where you know sometimes stations a, will do that. It was a B side of a single, and I think that that's it. That could be how it got played, right? Because everybody had Man Eater, so maybe maybe it was the B side of Man Eater. I'm yeah, not sure, maybe. but but, but uh, it, it was, is know, a great. So I, I said it, it was like thing. not my favorite on here, but it's that's only because there's so many good songs on here. I still true, love the song. True true yeah and that, that um, that's a that's a cool story man those guys yeah. one of those guys are secretly jamming to it now and they're not telling beats, anybody beats me but plr moved from new haven to milford okay it didn't take long all they had to do was put the 55 songs on a thumb drive and they were they were in a closet <laughs> like you know but they still play them every day so you know <laughs> there they are yeah the next song after Art of Heart, Art of Heartbreak was a big, big hit, and that's One yeah. on One, which is one of the oh, I remember when it came out, just thinking it was one of the coolest ballads that was getting airplay on radio stations, and the music in that, the keyboards, and Daryl's voice just sung with he sings it with so much passion. It's such a great song. Yeah, I I I got I got mixed feelings on One on One. I I you know I remember I, you telling me that years ago. Yeah, it, it wasn't one of my favorites. I mean, but you know, I mean, I, I, it's all right. I mean, it wasn't, you know, when you look at the album as a, as a giant, you know, giant microcosm as you, as you've done, you, you said about Art of Heartbreak, if you look at all the good songs on there, you know, and you had to pick one that wasn't your favorite, I guess I'd probably say one on one really okay. wasn't my favorite. But right. on the other hand, too, I mean, I like the music part of it. I mean, you know, that I, I just, I don't know. I just kind of think it was sort of, sort of over, overdone on the vocal. You know, I, I just kind of think that, yeah, I think it was, I think the Daryl vocal was over one. The backgrounds are fabulous. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. The backgrounds are fabulous. And the song itself, the actual music of the song, I, I, I just think it was kind of just, you know, over, over, over Daryl, you know, I just, yeah, I, I get where know. you're coming from on that. Yeah. Yeah. So. And uh, the next, so, well, that was the end of side one. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I apologize. And side one ended with, oh, I actually like this one a lot. Open All I Night. Do too. I think I do too. that's a cool song. And that's the, I think that's the Daryl and Sarah song of this one. Yeah. I kind of think. Yeah. And yeah, there was. If you don't was, have the album, folks, you might not know it, but you got to check that song out. You got to check that song out. And it's the song. Um, no, no, it, it wasn't that. I, I, I. I would misspeak if I said that, but um, yes, it, it is. It is a good song and very suggestive, but it's a, yes. but it's, it's a well-meaning, it's, it's a well-meaning and, and, you know, really a good vocal um, and, and amazing backgrounds, which now they, they've gotten down to a science and yeah, it's a, it, it's a good cut. It really is. And I still can never see a store advertising that they're open all night or anything like that without thinking of the song. Not thinking Even about it again, yeah, right? It means different things. Yeah, <laughs> sure it does. Yep, sure it does. Yep. 
But that ended side one, and then side two started with a cover that I actually, I'm still not sure if I've ever, I might have heard the original once, and it's a song called Family Man, which was another hit off for them from this album. And how, how do you like that one? I love Family Man. Um, I love the original, too. Uh, I, I love both versions. Um, I, I've heard Michael Field's version uh, many times, and it's, it's really good. But what I love about Family Man the most is that um, GE's guitar oh in this yeah is unbelievable and live playing it like nobody has played family man live like him ever since and wow. it's it's really not been the same live ever since then but it's a it, it it was the it was the second song uh second song they would play on uh h2o tour uh to start the show it's it's a they're they picked the, they picked a good song to remake it was just a, it's a great a, tune and, a, a and... really good song you say the originals by Mike Oldfield? Mike Oldfield. Okay. Um, he's not the vocal on it. It's a female vocal, but um, but they it's it's a it's a sweet song. It doesn't sound that much different than than the Hollow Notes version, really. Check it's, that out. Yeah, is he the out. Tubular Bells guy? Tubular Bells guy. Yeah. Yeah. Guy okay, that's what those, I thought. Yeah, the guy who does all those. Uh, he does all those. Uh, you know. Um, uh, you know chill songs and stuff like that right, you know, right. Like, yeah and family man is one of those um you know one of those uh songs that he put out i think in the early 70s but okay he, he was rather young i think he was like 19 years old when he when he made it or something but it was really really good yeah song. i just read that today actually it, yeah. it, it had nothing to do with this i was just because i was reading about the exorcist and i think he was like 19 when he did that and it, yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, but uh, you mentioned GE, and I remember, I remember really liking. My, I remember watching the video. I mean, these guys were on MTV all the time back then. All the time. And you had mentioned that uh, you know they had their band now, and we talked about this in the previous show. And I'm just going to run through who was in the band at this point. Obviously, you had Daryl Hall and John Oates, you know, leading the show. You had GE Smith on lead guitars, Tom T Bone Walk on bass, Mickey Curry, who you mentioned being the son of a teacher at that school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then. Uh, Charlie, Mr. Casual, DeChant on saxophone. Yep. Still around, yeah. Yeah, still around. And uh, just such an amazing band. And they were prominently featured in the music videos. And I remember in Family Man, I got a kick out of G.E. Smith, my friends and I did, because he would make these interesting little smirks on his face. They would cut to him. And he, he just he just seemed like... Never spoke much, didn't sing. Never not, spoke not much, but much. he just seemed yeah. like this really cool character. I remember even seeing yeah. him back in the David Bowie fashion video. Yes, And yes. thinking, this guy just seems cool. He's kind of, a, yeah. I don't know, he's in, in a way seemed like a little nerdy but still cool and mischievous you know, you know? yeah yeah mischievous yeah. i think you yeah, nailed it yeah 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 i mean I he, like he was up to something you know yes like he always, exactly yeah, he always had that look on his face like he was up to something yeah. you know and cool. i'm just going to give a quick plug too for an album of his that i remember in the mid 80s i found a solo album of his i don't think it was put out i think it was on a real small label it was called in the world have you ever heard okay. that no i haven't but he talked about it in an in a long interview segment i saw on on youtube where he talked about it extensively and yeah he i i've always been meaning to to hear it because he uh you know he plugged yeah. it he plugged it quite quite well oh, okay i remember mid 80s i found it do you remember woolworth's department store sure we had a i found it in a, i found the cassette in a bargain rack there for 50 Get cents out. yeah and, and i loved it like crazy and i went and bought a second copy of it because i had another two quarters around because I, I was afraid i was going to wear out the one the and first one, uh, right? it's a fun album i check it Is out it? folks i think I it's on spotify it sure. now yeah okay but cool. uh 
Yeah, so let's move on to the next song, which you and I have talked about before, and I have always thought this should have been released as a single. It might have been released in some other country. It was in Canada, released okay, in Canada. Canada. a few other countries. Yeah, but it was released in it was released in Canada for sure. And that is Italian Girls. Girls, a John a Oates John song. classic. It is a John. It's one a of my John top five classic. favorite John songs. I think it's a John classic. That is, you know. And he even said, "You, you, you, you sent me the YouTube video of him, of him uh, doing it live with, uh, yeah. with, with the on request and what have you." And then when he did the, what he, what he said, he finished the second verse. He said, "That's it. My life is complete." He says, yeah, he said, my life was complete after I finished that verse. He says, I, he goes, I don't want to do anything else after that. He says, I, he goes, I was done. Now, to me, this was another missed opportunity. I could have seen if they made a good music video for that song where you, you know, I'm not ever saying, you know, let's show gratuitous shots of females or anything like that in a music video, but just having like pictures of like Sophia Loren, because she's mentioned in the song and others. There was you know. so much hope for this song. I mean, Yeah, I think it could have been a huge you know? hit. Mm-hmm. love it there was so much hope for this song there was so much hope for for the possibilities of what could have been done with it yeah, yeah. for sure it's yep. always been a fan favorite i always hear people rave about it yep classic song and then you move on from there to guessing games that's another guessing one games. too uh it's a good song it is a good one nice catchy yeah. song and uh this is one of my favorites on it is delayed reaction delayed reaction is is really you know just full of great soulful vocals and and yeah. what have you i i think it was maybe maybe the the um the the song that probably should have should have maybe got released too yeah you know? i i agree yeah that it's a uh, soulful vo- vocals uh great rock and beat to it uh that's one i like to listen I, I have it on one of my workout lists so i'm like just walking on the treadmill i turn up the speed a little bit i'm like you know it's just it's just this great great beat throughout it uh really good song and then uh, next came at the time probably my least favorite song of the album uh, was "At Tension" by it's a John Oates song. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about "At Tension"? "At Tension," "At Tension" is uh, the it's the they play an instrumental version of it to open the shows on H two O tour, um, oh. and and it was it was good as an instrumental. Um, I, I don't know how crazy it was about the the lyrics or but it was it was again yeah. a late a late side B John Weird song, um, but honestly I, I I'm not crazy I wasn't crazy about the lyrics of it or anything like yeah, that. yeah that whole I, thing with I, the all good soldiers say yeah. or saying it, it just uh, I mean I'll, I'll listen to it if I'm listening yeah. to the album and I you know but uh, it wasn't, it, wasn't it, my this thing, would be my but, least favorite but the instrumental of it is is really is really cool cool. It's yeah. it's it musically, you know, it's pretty cool. But like you said, the yeah. lyrics, I think, uh, yeah, they, they weren't they weren't they, they didn't excite me in any particular way. No, now no. the 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 last song of the album, I always love this one, and it's uh, yeah. "Go Solo," uh, yeah. written by written sung by Daryl Hall, and uh, oh, such cool music in this song. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I you know, I think that uh, I think that well, first of all, this was the song that they used uh in the making of h2o uh documentary that um that they show them uh working on oh okay i never uh, saw as, that as, yeah it was an, in fact yeah I, you could i think it's still i think it's still findable on, on youtube uh, it was oh, on cool. mtv mtv showed it back in the day and yeah i think it was also one of those daryl and sarah 
kind of songs but on the other hand though it's 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 really a it's really a good song it's one of those songs that you know i think that um you know a lot of people can relate to in their own way yeah i think so and uh i remember a few years well several years after this album came out there was a i think it might have been like a vh1 behind the music on them and they were covering their career and they were getting to the part where gerald went and well they took a little break we're going to get to that shortly you know where they would each did some solo stuff and i remember them playing a little clip of that in there because you know okay. it was the, the whole go solo because they would they did daryl put out his first solo album in, in a few years and we'll, we'll get to yes, that yes right, right 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 yeah I, but uh now like I said, we, we had three big studio albums there in 1980, 81, and 82. And then 1983, well, they didn't. They decided not to take too much of a break. They released a Greatest Hits compilation, which was called Greatest Hits Rock and Soul Part 1. And it wasn't just already popular songs. There was also some new stuff on there, including Who the opening songs, track. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, which was one of their biggest hits, too, Say It Isn't So. And that went to number one, I Wait. believe. Number two, number two, oh, number two. Okay, number two. Yeah, it was number two. Um, it was number one in my heart, Dave. <laughs> I feel you, bud. <laughs> I feel you on that. Um, I, 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 truthfully, I, it's 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 not my favorite. Um, yeah. But you know, I, but honestly, um, it's it kind of sticks with me a little bit because live seeing T Bone. Uh, kind of kind of basing it out at the end especially with the bass going over the back of his head and the whole bit. oh fun and it was really fun and what have you i i it, lyrically it's a good song i mean yeah. it's it, it, it's lyrically it's a really good song and i love i love you know the, the what john does uh, background on. um daryl daryl i think loves it a little too much um oh really yeah i kind of and i think he i don't know what it is about it but you know, I don't hate it. it. You know, I don't hate the song by any means. It, it just, you know, it, it it didn't it didn't resonate with me like some others. You know. Yeah, I gotcha. And for me, it's funny now. A lot of times when bands or singers do this, where they put out a greatest hits compilation and they put new stuff on there, years later. I kind of forget about that stuff because now if I feel like listening to a Hall & Oates album, I'm going to put on one of the studio albums and play sure. it, you know, front to back. And, sure. you know, I, I generally, because I know the song so well after being a fan right. for decades, I don't gravitate right. towards these greatest hits compilations. So like no. when I was researching for today, I was like, oh, well, I haven't probably heard Say It Isn't So in a couple of years. Because okay. I don't, you know, I don't put on this album that much. Right, right. True. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they are each, each of the... Um, compilation uh the the previously released versions um they're all the radio versions of the song except for the live the live wait for me at the at the end mm -hmm. but um you know they uh you know I, I what could i say i mean i would i don't know that i would rather put this on or just go put a put a one of their albums on like you said mm -hmm. i would you know i just yeah i just feel like i would rather do that but um but i love adult education i, mean, I was gonna ask you how you like yeah that. That was the I other new adult song education recorded for this is, album it was my it was it was my favorite of the album for sure i mean i i you know if i had to pick between the two songs certainly adult education was was you know to me yeah i think i prefer that one too yeah yeah um and uh you mentioned the live wait for me now this was wait for me was originally on the uh ecstatic album yeah and uh yeah. i didn't hear ecstatic for years later i first discovered wait for me by this from this live version because i had the cassette tape of the uh, rock and soul album and uh, I just love it. Uh, we we talked about this in the other show too. It's uh, Daryl 
is just he he just goes off the charts with his vocals and he he sounds amazing. It's a great it's a great version. Uh, it, I the live wait for me actually made me made me fall in love with wait for me. I mean that was the and not not the studio version. The studio version yeah. doesn't really work for me as well as the live version. Yeah, it's okay. I, it's okay. But yeah. I I love the I love the live live the live version of wait for me really made made me you know made wait for me stick with me long term. Yeah, it, it's a good one. And it's a good compilation. I mean, you got uh, yes. 12 tracks and I think there was uh, an additional one that was put out with a couple more tracks. Like they added on Family Man and you've lost that love and feeling on a later release. But uh, right, yeah, right. good compilation if you're looking for a compilation album to listen to. And, uh, you know, you know, next came the year 1984 and they did not rest on their laurels there. They put out for what this is. Again, I can't rank things, but I love Big Bam Boom. Big Bam Boom came out in 84. Uh Maybe in some ways it wasn't considered as big as the previous ones, but still, it was a multi-platinum selling album. But yeah. I, I, I love Big Bam Boom. Well, the hype to Big Bam Boom ahead of it was just over. I mean, by then it was probably the most anticipated album of the eighties. Um, yeah. You know, at that period of time, I have a love-hate relationship with with Big Bam Boom on a couple levels. I was a little, oh, yeah? little late to the Big Bam Boom party at first because. Was living downtown in New Haven, didn't have any money, and I it was a rarity that I didn't have a Hall and Oates album the day it came out. Um, so I was a little, little mad, but um, you know, uh, so I had to get over that aspect of it, right? <laughs> but um, <laughs> but nonetheless, um, they they say that the they say that the end of this Hall and Oates era can be uh, can be foreseen in Big Bamboo. And I kind I of really, that. yeah. And I, I was a little, I was a little like, I, I, I didn't see how. I mean, I think as fans, we think this is going to go on forever this way. You know, mm -hmm. we just kind of think, you know, album tour, album tour, you know, for the rest of our lives. This right. Way. But of you course. Know, but right. But the the ironic thing about Big Bamboo, in my opinion, is is that the best songs of Big Bamboo are the ones that are released as singles, and the rest, to me, are kind of garbage. Um, oh I, wow. I, 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 bet, I, think, I bet that my favorite of those is probably your least favorite, but let's let's go okay, ahead. But but anyway, yeah, <laughs> I mean, the 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 singles on here are 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 the best songs of the album. And I mean, not only are they out of touch, I think they're out of stuff at this point. I think they're <laughs> I, I, I think they're out of I think they're running out of material mm -hmm. and and you can kind of sense it with this album. OK, um, but. But the songs that are released are 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 fantastic. I uh, the the sing the singles of this of this album are fantastic, and you know, they they were they were worth every one of them was worth waiting for. But oh yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, but um, yeah. And the I first mean, one, I, first one of those. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dave. No, go ahead. I want. I this is exactly what I wanted you to go into. So <laughs> well, I was going to say the first of those singles uh, was well, sort of the opening track. The opening track is a, a short number called "Dance on Your Knees," uh, but then it, that that's very short, and it segues right into "Out of Touch," which yep. and yep. and in the music video, out, the music video for that was kind of crazy. Do you remember? It's it like Daryl and it's fun. Daryl and John were inside and of a drum. Inside or, of the drum. You know? I mean, yeah, yeah. Come on, that's iconic. 
I mean, yeah, you know, I know. Like, and you heard the you heard the dance on your knees playing. Dance on your knees playing in, in the background. John jumping yeah. on the thing with the yeah. With the drum oh, it was it was crazy. I mean, it was so much on. fun. And, I mean, you yeah. see that John is about two foot six in it. You can tell that he's, he's <laughs> bouncing around on the thing. And you know, they're yeah, it's it's and then they get steamrolled by it in the end, which is you know, yeah. you know, that's a classic. That's it that's, is a classic music video. Yeah. It's a fun yep. song, and it was a, yep. such a big hit. And then that was followed up by. Uh, well, another, to me, one of my favorite music videos of theirs, and then one of my favorite singles, too, from this era, it was Method of Modern Love. Method and of Modern everyone Love, Everyone knows that yeah. for the spelling it, you know, the M-E-T-H-O-T. Yes. and the walking in the clouds and the whole bit. Yeah, oh, it was so much, and that was where all the band members were so much fun to watch. All the band members were floating around up there. And what do you call it, my daughter, you know, my daughter's name is, my daughter's name is Emmeline, and we call her Emmy, and she... And she comes to me one day and the song was out and she says to me, she goes, she goes, dad, she goes, you, she goes, you hear the whole note song that they sing to me. And she was about four, you know, three, four at the time. Right. Oh. I go, I go, Emmy, the song, the song that Paul and sing to you. I go, what are you talking about? She goes, dad, she goes, Emmy, T-H, right. She's like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, M, right? You know, M E T H, you know, and so she thinks that they're singing the song to her. So so that that became kind of a family favorite. But, oh, that's uh, cute. Man. Yeah. That's really that's, cute. Yeah. I love yeah. that. You know, even now she's, you know, 40, 41 and, and, you know, it's, it's still kind of a story. So. Oh, that's, that's really cool. I love that. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember like uh, one time watching that, the video was on MTV all the time. I remember one of my, my uncles and his wife, my aunt were over visiting and I had that on MTV and my aunt, she was probably like in her probably late sixties at that point, a uh, much older relative. And uh, she saw it and she's like, Oh my God, that man is the most beautiful man I've ever seen in my life. She was like crushing on Daryl Hall in this video. Ah, she's like, if I was a young girl again, funny. I would go after him. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> and I didn't realize till much later, like, you know, what a big female fan base he had. I know when yeah. you and I first got active in the like early 21st century online, just seeing all these women that just like were obsessed that's what with was, him. And, that was the obsession was him and, and how they yeah. The swooning over them. It was, you know, even those, <laughs> even even the old women that we knew at that point. Okay, we're acting <laughs> ridiculous on our our forum. I mean, come on, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Had, you yeah, you had, you needed a stick to like chase some of them down. At that point, they were ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, all right, well, let's go into uh, some of the well. You like you said, you you really don't like a lot of the uh, non hits on here. But uh, I'll just run through what they were. Uh, Bank on your love was another one written by Daryl and John with Sarah Allen. Another one after that came, what was, uh, I believe it was released as a single. Some things are, some things are better left unsaid. Some things are better left unsaid. I yeah. think only went number 30. Okay. Yeah, it didn't or, do or around well. there. No, no, wait a minute. I, I could be wrong. It could actually maybe even have gone a little higher, but I got to say, some things are better left unsaid is probably the best Hall and Oates band song overall of the whole band, their band. Era. Wow. That's quite a compliment there. I think that that is the, it is a buried song, which is such a shame, but I don't know if any other band that they've had since then could have performed it as well as they did. They, that is a song that 
you know, it, to me is a travesty that gets no play. I, mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those, it, it is a, you know, it, it, it and, and sadly it's there, it was the, the last real single they released as a band, you know, with the, with the band, with the, with that, know, band, that with, lineup. With, with that band, with that lineup. Um, I, I think that you could see in that song how good they've all become at that point. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Daryl's lead on it is amazing. Uh, you know, the background vocals on it are, are tremendous. G's guitar, and he lends a vocal to it, which is, which is incredible. Um, you could see where Bone is becoming the, the glue to the band. At that oh point. yeah. Yeah. And his and playing on that is so his playing so on good. that is amazing. And, yeah. and, and Charlie and Charlie's lending a vocal to it as well. And is on synth and, and you know what, it, it, to me, it just, it's, it's just, you know, really their iconic band song at that point. And I yeah. really think that it's a failure that it's never played or heard much today at all. And, um, and it deserves to be. It does. And, you know, I didn't know that about Charlie and GE uh, singing on that track. Yeah. No, they don't sing lead, but Charlie, oh, okay. but, but Charlie, Charlie usually lent the vocal to most songs. Um, but, but GE did. And, right. uh, and you can actually see, you know, on the big band boom tour, it's a little weird because you're looking over and saying, why is GE got a mic set up? And, but, <laughs> you know, but you can, but you find out later that he's, he's lending a vocal to some things are better left unsaid. And, right. Um, and when they would do it live, it was it was just just an amazing song. And, you know, and, I just felt bad that it just got buried the way it did. Yeah, me too. I mean, I always liked it a lot and I thought it should have been a more popular song than it was. And, uh, you know, yeah, I did know that Charlie sang background, but I, I, I never really dawned on me till right now that you're right. G.E., you, you never he didn't say never sang. Yeah, never sang. Wow. Yeah. I, I so. never I mean, I, I loved his work in there, but uh it's funny. It's sort of like you, you don't see that. Usually if someone has a guitar in front of them, they're singing background or something. Somewhere, you know? right. Along the way, yeah. they're not. G never yeah. sang. Yeah. Wow. Sort of like yep. the uh, bass player for Huey Lewis in the News. He was one of the few that didn't sing background. Background, uh, right. Yeah. Every, and, they, and, and they have fabulous backgrounds. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's, a, that's an awesome, awesome song. And then uh, the next one, uh, Going Through the Motions. That one I disliked for a little while. Uh I think just because at the beginning of the commotion, I thought it was a little grating. This is like me at 18 thinking that, but uh, it's grown on me over time. Okay. And you're making, if you, the audio listeners don't realize Dave's making a face right now. <laughs> it's garbage. I mean, it's, it's, it's garbage. Uh, what do you call it? I mean, what do you call it? But, nonetheless i mean cold dark and yesterday john's playing on words i mean you know it's all right i mean yeah. i'm not not a favorite of my I mean, it's again a b-side john you know uh john kind of you know yeah fun, fun to play with song i suppose all american girl is possibly the biggest bunch of Hall and Oates garbage I have ever heard from them. And see, Even... I nailed it. Cause I was going to say before that my favorite on the album is probably the one that you hated the most. I love all American girl, Daryl and John, if you're listening, any all American girls that are out there, including my wife, I love all American girl. I, I, it's, it's uh yeah, it's got some corny stuff going on in it, especially towards the end when you hear Daryl talking to a woman, it's like, Hey, are you so old? Are you old? <laughs> Are you all American? Stupidest song ever. Uh, <laughs> I love the she knows ever. in the background, yeah. the repeated she knows. 
garbage. Right, so next time we hang out, I'm not going to make you listen. We to won't that put either. that. Please don't make me. You can't make me listen to that song. Please I don't. I love make me. All American yeah. Girl. Okay, and then let, well, let's move on to a song. Hopefully, you like more, and that is Possession Obsession. It's the final. Love Possession Obsession. Yeah, Possession love Obsession it. is a cool love song. Love Possession was, uh, Obsession. And uh, that was one that. Uh, you know, it was it, John had the lead vocals on that, and it was released as yep. a single. It got some play on MTV for a while. I, th- I think it was yep. a, maybe more of a hit on MTV than radio, but probably. Uh, I don't yeah, know. Was, who's the cab driver? And yes, and, uh, yeah, and you and saw live, the guys there. Yeah, and, the and live, it's it's so cool because at the end of it, uh, at least on the first leg of Big Band, when I saw them on two legs, of it, they the whole band works their way to the front of the stage including mickey and they oh. they, they go to the front and finish the song in acapella oh, all nice. like just like bunched up on each other and they okay and that's the micro- really cool these, it's really really cool i want to look for and videos of that yeah i gotta find that somewhere because that'll bring back a heck of a memory but yeah that was very very great. cool but and speaking of john though i mean it's like again out of touch is his song mm-hmm. okay yeah he wrote out of touch Okay. Yeah, and I forgot that and, too. I... And and you know what? It's the it's the thing that I think it's 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 again you know a crime that really we're led to believe this is all you know it's this this is all Daryl's doing and John's kind of there for a ride. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, kind of point. John brought that. John wrote two of the best songs of the 1980s. Okay, two of the very biggest songs of the 1980s. Totally gets forgotten. Okay, yeah, that is that this is him. You know. And yeah. it's, it's really, really quite, really quite sad. Really quite and sad. John, uh, well, we'll touch upon this. Well, actually, we, we can, well, I was just want to say one last thing about this album. Then we're going to sure. move into, uh, then they had a little bit of a break after this one. But I wanted to plug one thing. Uh, there are editions uh, of the album out there that have some bonus tracks on it. And I highly recommend for people who like the uh, Dance on Your Knees to seek out the uh, 12-inch version of yes. Dance on Your Knees. It, yes, it really yes. jams. It, it, it's it's, it's, it it's got, it's just this great repeated beats throughout it. And club it's a lot mix. Of fun. It was, yeah, yeah, it's the club, club mix. mix. Yeah. club mix which was incredible yeah uh, yeah i mean it, it was really shortened good. down to less than a minute on the album but it's but it's it runs probably a good eight or nine minutes i think on the on the club mix and most of like, those club mixes are available on spotify and other places now i know they have a compilation with them but then there's some that are tacked on to you know special editions of the albums right but yeah check right. that one out yep. and then uh they they did when they went after this and uh you know the they, they certainly didn't break up, but they started working on some solo things like Daryl um, in 1986 released Three Hearts and the Happy Ending Machine, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I, I, which I think is uh, one of his best solo albums. Yeah, you know? I mean, uh, you know, he's it, it's if, if you're looking for I, I think a lot of fans thought that when they got it, I think they thought they were going to hear Hall and Oates and they mm-hmm. didn't. No. And I think that that's where the giant disconnect comes with a lot of people is that, right. you know, cause we were all, we were all, you know, everybody was all led to believe all the years that John was, you know, a fifth wheel kind of thing. And so they kind of figured that this was going to just be an extension of what they were doing already. And it wasn't, it wasn't anything no, like it, it. I mean, it was, it was, it was completely, completely different. And you yeah. know what, kudos to him for making something different. Cause you know, it, it was, you know, uh, you know, Dream Time is is really a, a fabulous song. I and love Dream Time. It's yeah, one of my favorite songs of the 80s. It's one of my favorites. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people forget 
you know, okay, yeah, John's not in it, but that's not to say this album is not really good because it's because yeah. it was really good and and it was really I, good. I, I, and Dave Stewart produces it with him and plays on plays lead guitar on it, I believe, and what have you. And T Bone, I believe, is involved a bit. And you know, there's there's you know uh, bits and pieces of of Hall and Oates' life into it, but you know, it, it's 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 incredibly different and it's if nobody's ever listened to it they really should it's it's yeah one it's, of those. A, it's good stuff really yeah, good stuff sure. and, 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 i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no uh, i'm fine i you know i was looking at studio albums and i and that came out in 86 but i neglected a big release from them in 1985 you forgot live at the apollo i know i didn't really forget it i just kind oh, of okay. you know, well okay right. I, did, I did i did i had all oversight. i had all america girl playing in my head and it's I'm still a little one... devastated that the Philadelphia Eagles lost to the New York Jets yesterday. So, uh... <laughs> no, congratulations, Dave. Team the Jets for winning yesterday. I'm band. I'm bandwagoning. I'm. I, if I, I can assure you. <laughs> but anyway. But, they, but anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. Live at the Apollo came out yep. in 1985. And 85. Yeah. Go ahead. You yeah. Oh no. Uh, yeah. Live at the Apollo. I mean, they. This is what they always wanted to do. I mean, that was they got together with their heroes and they. They, you know, poor guys at that point were shell of themselves, but, you know, they, but, but nonetheless, uh, Daryl and John really make that show. I mean, they, they really, at that point and the whole band, you, at the point you, you see them at this and at the liver, at the, um, uh, Statue of Liberty concert. Oh, okay. Yeah. You can actually see what this band is, you know, flawless at this point, just absolutely exactly. flawless. And sure. yeah, these are, these are, you know, the Apollo medley was definitely, you know, unforgettable. It was released as a single. The two of the songs were "My Girl" and um, and uh, what was it? My, uh, My uh, Girl. You and, do the things you do, and the way you do the things you do. Were yeah, together. get yeah. ready. Ain't too proud to beg. Yeah, uh, the way you do the things you do in "My Girl" were were, were packaged together as a single. Yeah. Yeah, you're and, right. Yeah, and um, you know, something's wrong with my it, it, awesome. Great. I just, 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 you know, total. Uh, total love of Motown right right in the middle yeah. of this and and just just a good job and then we had uh on the heels of it being a hit for Paul Young now you had every time you go away featured on this live album and Already, uh, yeah well you had to break that out now because yeah Paul Paul Young has 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 made it a uh, yeah. made it a radio staple at this point um, exactly it, he goes number one with it I believe and I think you're uh, right yeah and so yeah daryl wants to remind everybody hey this is my song you know? I mean, this is <laughs> exactly it's a nice long so. version too it's like over Very seven long minutes long version rightfully so he, yeah. he he really makes he really makes uh makes that song uh you know what it is and yeah, yeah. and that album came it. on the heels of them uh being at live aid i think that came out after live aid because they had came performed out with the... after live aid yeah but i think I, i'm not i'm not sure of the timeline of the recording i don't know if right. this is the last time them and the band actually ever appear together yeah it, it could be um so i'm not I, i'm i'm not sure of the entire timeline of that i mean i know that you know live aid you know live aid takes place two weeks after statue of liberty so you know i don't know when live at the apollo actually actually yeah i'm not sure about, that. about there i'm not sure but folks, if you ever want to watch some good live videos, look for, look for the Statue of Liberty concert and then the Live yes. Aid, of course. They they were so good at Live Aid, not just doing their own stuff, but they were backing up Mick Jagger and I think Tina Turner, well, Mick and Turner. Tina were performing together and uh, they, were, they were on they were fire so that good. night. They were on fire yeah. that night. I mean, they were, you know, uh, they were half the reason to watch that night. Yeah. They really were. They, they were really great. were. Absolutely and, great. Uh, 
like I said, 19, the, shortly after that is when uh, Daryl had put out his solo album, which I, mm-hmm. again we we both like. It's a little it's different than Hall and Oates, and yep. uh, Daryl and then John had uh, co-written. Uh, I don't know. If, I think he co-wrote. I can't. I don't think he wrote it solo. But um, um, God, what's the, what's the song? The, the Electric uh, Blue. Thank you, Ice Electric House. Blue. Yeah. Electric Blue. Yeah. <laughs> I was struggling yeah. to think of the name of the group too, and I think Electric. Uh... I think Electric Blue saved John from total destitution. Uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> because he was he was he was broke by then from what he Ice said. House. Ice House. Yeah. That's it. I, Ice House. Yeah, the Australian the Australian group, and and he uh, and it's good because I think I think it got him out of his formula one car which was probably a really oh yeah that's right he was really he was into cra- that. yeah but he was bad at it i mean he was crashing <laughs> into every he was crashing i mean I'm, i think he's alive today because of electric blue so um <laughs> did he sing background also, in that too yes he did and, I thought and, so. he, and he also went like uh, way up north to like 15 minutes south of the north pole to work with a band called uh parachute club oh that's which, right yeah which he did some some production on parachute club apparently has a little more of a history than we even realize um they, they they've had a couple of inclinations of them over the last 30 years or so um so they and uh, i don't know that he was the best fit for production but he was a name brand and i mm-hmm. think that that was kind of half the reason why they wanted him you know what i mean uh, they, they they weren't his kind of i mean not that i don't think john Oates can make any band better he could but um but on, on the other hand though i think that they, they weren't they weren't exactly the, the the best fit for each other right you know yeah but, i'm not sure if i've ever heard any of that music there was one there was one yeah i remember there was a hit released. Yeah, yeah and it was a pseudo hit certainly in canada it was i don't think ever in the states but um you know like like i like i elaborated before ad nauseum I think that I think that you know if John had gotten a little better, a little better publicity, uh, you know during the good years, I I kind of think it, it when then when the downtime came, it would have been a little kinder to him, you know, yeah. as far as yeah, what but was you're available right. for him to do, you know. So that's end a rant on that one. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, yeah. I wanted to ask you because I'm not sure if I really know the story on this. Now, when they you know, started doing these solo things. Do you do you remember if it was ever like put out there like we are done working together or it was no. pretty much I didn't think no. so. No, yeah. nobody there was never like official breakup announcement or anything. Yeah. But the band went off and did their own thing. That's I what mean, I was gonna Yeah, bring up everybody next. went off. Yeah, everybody went off and did and the RCA years were, were coming to an end. Yes, um, that's right. They yeah, they the contract was fulfilled. Um and so they you know, I guess there was an option to resign, but but Clive Davis was hounding them to go over to Arista and um you know that so they so they they went and did that you know for you know for to to move on but um yeah there was never like any of any official announcements or any kind they just stopped i mean they just stopped for a while you know i mean what we were you know if this was like today we probably wouldn't have even thought anything of it but it was like one of those things where back then we were so used to getting endless streams of material from them. We had new product uh, every year. We had new product one way or every another. year. Right. Yeah. And so so to go two years without something was yeah. was, you know, unheard of. Yeah, for exactly. This point, you know? And we didn't think that would ever happen. No. And um exactly. And then when they did come back, like you said, it was it was on the previously they had been with RCA. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they went into Arista and they released uh, I, one of my least favorite album titles by them is Ooh Yeah. 
Yeah. And, uh, and so that came out. And while it was still a platinum selling, I think it might even been multi-platinum. It was, it was probably, it was their least uh, successful sales-wise of the 80s compared to the other ones. And uh, it started with a song called, and, it's, and personally, it's one of my least favorite albums by them. It's one that I don't return to a whole lot, but it's got some good tunes on it. And what do you think of the opening track, Dave? Downtown Life. That was one of the singles released. It was one of the singles released. Didn't get enough airplay. I mean, I think it could have done. I think it could have probably been promoted a little bit better. I don't think uh, you know that was one of the problems with Arista for some reason. I mean, I, which was weird because you know if they, they we were always under the belief that if Clive Davis loved you, he pushed your work. But um, but he didn't push this. I mean, he didn't really push this. And I don't know what 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 the gig was with this whole with 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 this whole album really. I mean, it's it's there's good songs on it, really good songs on it, but. I don't get how singles were decided on for this one. I don't, you know, I mean, why they didn't get the push they did because Downtown Life was a really, was a really cool song. And, you know, it probably should have got, um, you know, more airplay than it did. And, uh, you know, but I, I kind of think that there was a part of the, oh yeah, that, you know, for lack of any other way to explain it, I think the I think the music world had moved on from them a little bit. I think you um, might be on to something. You know, I, they they so much was going on. Hair metal was out. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, everybody. You know, the landscape of the music world was changing. Even M- MTV started to flip over. The original five VJs were gone. I mean, yeah. you know, everybody was. You know, the people who were head over heels for them, it kind of become old news you know and yeah. i sort of think that that was the case with them at that point too and it's not that like nobody had any interest in them i i just think that i just think that you know it was it was all it was all now time to 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 move on from the moment yeah. where people just just found other they found other loves you know exactly and like you said the music uh landscape had changed so much you know with the hair metal and then grunge was right around the corner grunge and, was right and back the corner, yeah. yeah and back then four years between the albums was a big deal was you know, uh, and now it's nothing, you know, no. but uh, today we wouldn't have thought anything of it, but, no, but not back at all. then that was, you know, that was, that was the equivalent to disappearing. I mean, you know, you, as far as anybody, anybody was concerned, they had vanished, you know, and yeah. And, and some people and, probably unjustly thought, okay, well they failed in their solo career. So now they're getting back together you know to, to probably work. yeah Even though that I wasn't mean, the case that they wasn't the both case had i mean there wasn't there wasn't a failure i mean not at all you know, I, I just think that i just think that you know what i there was an expectation that just wasn't you know realistic you know i yeah. mean you know yeah I, I, absolutely and i think that that's when when they got back together for oh yeah you know i mean everything your heart desires you know it's not my favorite song it's i mean me. but it, it's okay yeah it was the big hit from this album which I don't understand, but you know, I, yeah. you know, it's it's one of those it's one of those songs that like I think if, you know if you know you know what they were used to, but they were used to like blowing on their arm and having it be a hit song, okay? And <laughs> you true. know what I'm saying? And yeah. and and when every when you release something like everything your heart says, I think they think it's going to be everybody's just going to fall head over heels for it, and they didn't. And that's no, just... it's no all American girl. No, not no. And... <laughs> Say it's better than all American girl, but that's beside <laughs> the that. But anyway, but I'm in pieces number three is my favorite song on this album. That's a good far. song. I don't know I like why that. that wasn't a single. That should have yeah. been a single of it. I can't even find a live version of it, and I'm sort of bent out of shape about that. But yeah, but <laughs> that's yeah, a that's a good tune. That's a really good tune. Um, I uh missed opportunity is 
is a good song, I think. Yeah. It was I like okay. That one too. It was okay. Yeah. yeah. Um and that was uh I, I don't know how that did like as a sing I, that was a single, right? It I, was, yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, I yeah. remember hearing that on the radio pretty frequently. And yeah. uh I, the, mo the most of the other songs in here i have only heard maybe half a dozen times and okay. uh yeah i just have played the album that little <laughs> okay i played this i played this album to death trying to fall in love with it um and i don't hate it i don't want to give that yeah impression. yeah it's just i mean that, i played uh... it i played it quite extensively um and really wanted to love it more than i probably do but um you know i'm not I'm not saying I disliked any of the songs on here because I really liked a few of them. Keep pushing love is a is a good song. Um, mm -hmm. you know, Rocket to God, nah, eh, is all right. Uh Rockability is is a nice song. Um, yeah, I was gonna mention I do like that one. That was yeah. uh one that I remember playing frequently. Yeah, and and uh I remember that uh John John broke it out. John broke it out on um uh, the Change of Seasons tour that he he sang it. Um, oh nice which was which was kind of nice to hear like there is a there is a live there is a live um oh yeah uh like uh concert that's floating around on youtube oh, if you okay. have um still no version of almond pieces on it which i don't get but whatever um but yeah there is an actual there is an actual concert where you can hear these songs some of these oh, songs live cool. so so yeah and if, if if anybody's ever interested in that it is it is searchable if you if live shows are your thing. And T Bone gets a gets a production credit on here. I mean, he's actually now the the leader of the band. Um, you know, because the band has kind of moved on, and he came back. And yeah. you know, I was going to bring that up, thinking that I don't know, even of, think of, of that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't even think Char. I don't even think Charlie's on it. I don't. No, even think I'm looking at the credits here. It was actually uh, Mark Rivera who was known yeah. uh, working uh, with Billy Joel for. Oh, really? Decades, okay. You know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think Billy. He, huh. he started with them with Billy on the uh, Innocent Man album, and huh. I think he still works with him. Good and, to know. Uh, Never knew yeah, that. He's a great. Yeah, he's a great bass player. I'm sorry, sax player. He might play yeah. bass on the side. I don't know. Who knows? But uh, but yeah, the the rest of the band had moved on, and I I remember thinking at one point, I'm like, is that why I don't like this album as much? Did it change? Did their sound change that much? But uh, I don't but, know but, that it's that. Yeah, I, I mean, don't think maybe, it's that. I think it maybe, was just a different time. Know. And yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, it it was it. I don't know if we had moved on a little bit, but I mean, they were always our, you know, our go-to band. I mean, yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I don't, I mean, I just, you just didn't get the, you just didn't get the worm and fuzzies from this that you got from, from some yeah. of the others. Okay. And yeah. And you could see where it's a, you could see where it's a, a not a commercial success for sure. Yeah. You know? And whatever I have listened to it, you know, I can play it from, you know, from start to finish. And, and, and you know, it's not like I'm in a rush to like hit the stop button. It's, it's still good music. It's just, like you said, yeah. I just, it, it didn't connect. I didn't connect with it the way I yeah. did with some of the earlier albums. Talking all night is silly. I mean, it's a silly song. I mean, it's yeah. far, I mean, it's the all American girl of this album. I think. <laughs> um, but uh you know, I don't know. I, I, yeah, you, you just don't, you just don't get that. You just don't get that, you know, that extra little thump in your heart over this album. You exactly. Know? Just, exactly. Just yeah. Not a bad album by any means, but not, not uh, when you, when you compare it, especially to the other albums that came out in the eighties, it's kind of, uh, you know, maybe pales a little bit in comparison to them. In, in comparison for sure. And you know, yeah. the, the, the time away, the time away, you know, uh, 
I, I don't know if it did them any good or not. Yeah. It's hard to say. Yeah. You know, hard to say. And, and certainly they still continue to put out some good music. The albums came uh, less and less, you know, frequently after this, you know, but. Uh... Oh, when we do the 90s, we're only going to have two <laughs> albums to talk about. So that would be a much shorter we should, show. We should just but... do the post, post 80s show. You know, yeah, there's not, sure. there's not Yeah, two from the 90s and then what? Uh, one two, studio album in the 21st two. century? Yeah. Two, yeah. of, two, two of them, right? Two, well, one, the two studio albums, really. Yeah. Our yeah. kind of, and, well, uh, Do It For Love. In the, Do It For Love and Our Kind of Soul, yeah. Our Kind of Soul, yeah. Will be those ones, so yeah. Yeah, and I know that apparently there had been talk that there was another album in the works. Daryl had said at one point, but then he, the most recent thing got, I saw, he just said, said, yeah, maybe not. Things have changed. Yeah, then he got mad at John, and that was that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's yeah, up with yeah, But I know they still on. tour, and uh, yeah. You know, which is pretty awesome. I mean, they they've yeah. been working together for over fifty years now, and they are one of my favorite music acts ever. And we, uh, it's funny when you and I started this. I'm like, oh yeah, we're gonna probably keep this to an hour. But I'm like, now we just we love this. We love this music hour. too much. We, we weren't gonna this. make an hour. Nah, I knew nah, we were you... gonna make an hour. <laughs> my, my my wife my wife said I'll see you in two hours. So we're we're, <laughs> we're even gonna beat we're even gonna beat that. So that's good. <laughs> But Dave, I had a blast. Well, that was this was great. It was had great. So much fun, man. It's it's so much so much good music. I mean, it was. Big, I know it's a big part of my life, a big part of yeah. your life, and it, it always to, will be for me. Yeah, I mean, it's great to it's great to you know uh, you know basically uh, go back through the years and talk about all the all the good yeah. songs and all the good memories that went along Absolutely. with them. So that was great. All right. Well, I thank you again, my thank friend. Thank you. And, you are welcome. And if you were watching this, thank you. If you're listening, thank you. And no matter what you're doing, just you know, have as much fun as you possibly can. Indeed. Enjoy yourself. All right, everybody, take care. Have a good... Let me try that in English. Have a great day. <laughs> Bye. Bye.